It can't be that time of the week again. It is. It's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Hellard. Hey, do batters! A do. What, <laughs> what I like there is that you didn't have your microphone ready. <laughs> it never is. I, I suddenly feel, oh shit, we're actually going to have to record this. <laughs> and it came down like a, a sword from the sky. A sword of Damocles hanging, yeah. hanging over you until you have to greet the do batters. What was that? What did Scything. You, what did you say then? Dooby 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 doo. <laughs> I, quite like I, was, that. I was reading something else and then I, I just freestyled a little bit it's my kind of scat equivalent i just don't how do other podcasts introduce yourself this is it's a constant battle to know how people do i think they, they get someone else to introduce them don't they they get a generic american voice to go and now here they are or if That's it's a, good. or if it's a British one, they'll go. You're now going to listen to so like a, like a Radio Four intro, don't they? I think even like my dad we wrote a porno should... has like a B, a very BBC style introduction. And we now should listen on Radio Four other... pornography. Yeah, if we. I, I haven't listened to podcasts, and I, I listen to Richard Herring's podcast a lot, and he always introduces himself. Um, and then he, intru- he he gives a bit where he asks for money, and then he introduces his own podcast, introducing himself introducing himself on the stage of recording the podcast <laughs> there's quite a lot of introductions going on there but they're all him in some kind of voice and he never pretends to be someone else but um but anyway hello i'm i'm david hellard one of the hosts of bad boy running podcast hey and i'm not david hellard but i'm still a host of bad boy running my name is jody rainsford if you've absolutely if you're unaware of that already and, and you're you're officially a runner again Officially a runner As we again. discovered last week. Yeah, I don't... I, do you know, I've noticed today that um, Russell Banks, um, yeah. one, of, one of the do-betters, has actually checked out what my uh, my timings are and placement uh, on the Ultra. I've I've not even checked it. I didn't even know that there were placings and stuff like that. So I'm quite I'm quite impressed the level he's gone to just to make sure that I've run. And was it was it good news on your placing? Was he impressed? Was he happy? The issue is that I wasn't put down as a boy or a girl. I was yeah. put in the uh, gender neutral uh, section, which means I could have possibly been boo- I, I I am possibly fastest in my gender category then if I'm neither boy nor girl. Really? Yeah, that's well, I don't know. Um, <laughs> he says he says I was the only one that wasn't put in a male or female category. Oh, but- so they didn't actually. So you're the first asexual. Yeah, finisher. I'm the fastest. The fastest asexual, 38 mile runner. I think. Wow. That's, I don't know what I win for that. A lot of kudos, I'd say. Not not a lot of lo- a lot of lovers, but. Uh, <laughs> no. No, but um, I, I've experienced this before, people trying to wipe me from um, the race records. And it's something that I'm not very happy about, because it certainly when people who I trust and I love and who I wouldn't expect to do that, it happens with. Well, I, I sense you're trying to make a dig, but I don't actually know what you're referring to. So you could, you could possibly explain like this. The last um, Great British Beerathon. Yeah. When I got my, I was quite happy to get my gold medal and thing. Why, why do I not have an official time or even a place in on the official final rankings? I checked to see earlier, earlier um, entries to see whether I was there, and I haven't been erased from the entire record. But on the last one, completely erased. Really? Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> it'll, it'll be something to do with the sign-up procedure. So when you got your number, either I didn't. Oh, you, you, you should be on there on the list somewhere because there's a whole load of people at the bottom that i've just put their names down because i've got no idea when they finished 
But I, but but Claire, Claire wrote my name. I saw Claire with my name and my time and everything it was on there. I was, you know. Well, that's top, who we need to blame. Top that's twenty-five, the... top twenty-five, man. That's whose fault it is. Clearly, it's Claire's fault. Not a few. I thought you were blaming me. <laughs> you were. I think you work as a tag team. You just apportion blame to each other when one of them is found out. Well, the good thing is that. Um, well, I, think, I think she jeopardises you more than I do. I mean, she's the person who's been dissing your running ability to recently. I'm amazed because she's extremely two-faced because every time I see her, she's really lovely to me and everything. And then the version of her that you put across, she's a total <laughs> bitch. Why is no, no, that? No, no, she does really like you. She just doesn't respect you as a runner. <laughs> That's I a think, huge difference. I, I, think that's, I think that's most people's uh, experience of me. <laughs> In fact, talking of Claire, she's just done lakes in a day. Yeah. Uh, she came back um, came back yesterday, so that's 52 miles. So I've just killed a, another another moth. No, I haven't. I've let him go. Fuck. He's a little one as well, so he's going to have eggs. Um, anyway, I've... Um, yeah, Claire ran lakes in a day yesterday. Oh, yeah. How was it? Which, it sounds amazing. Apparently, it was beautiful. Uh, took her about... 15 and a half hours she was running with a friend who i won't mention the name of uh, oh she went let's do it anyway goose um so she's called goosey and she increasingly came up with reasons to uh take a photo or to put a jumper on and oh. progressively through the day there were more and more reasons that you know she didn't need to stop ever um, but, you know, oh, oh, we need to get another photo. Well, there's a better photo at the top, you know, when we get to see the whole view. No, no, we'll, we'll take one here now. Uh, that's what, right. That is, that is like classic ultra tactics. And the best, no, because what you do, if you, if you run ultras, you have a blog. Because then that is your perfect excuse. Oh, I need to stop, take video for the blog. I, I, oh, yeah. You know, I've, got, I've got to get pictures on the blog. Uh, I've got to get a tweet out there. I've got to interview this sheep. Uh, you know, I've got to. Yeah, yeah. that's it. it oh, perfect excuses to stop. Basically, any excuse to stop running. That's beautiful. Beautiful work. But fair play to her. They um, they they really haven't been training very much for it. So to go and do a, a fifty-two mile, that's crazy. It's four thousand meters, oh. which is pretty punchy, and it's 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 I think fairly self-navigated as well. Yeah. But also, they had a couple of friends going, and it was their third date. <laughs> I'm not going to mention their names, um, but he's a legend. She's lovely, and um, they what they run it together. Yeah, that was. Oh, their and it was date. their third date. Yeah, so they've, without getting into too many details, nothing's properly happened yet. I think he. Knows <laughs> that. I don't think that wasn't very subtle. <laughs> Well, what? I'm but trying... it, but it did on the race. Is that what you're trying to say? Well, I I, I want to set the scene properly. That? That... Summiting, summiting. It's like a mile, like a mile high club for like fell runners and. Oh, that's that's a great idea. So yeah, if you is 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 that a new? Does that exist as a phrase? Summiting. Summiting. <laughs> so it's when you get your leg over on an ultra run. It's called summiting. Between consenting adults. So you can combine summiting with. Peeping Moe's. <laughs> so the, the key is to, to sum it without being, without creating any Peeping Moe's. Is there, is there a, a general code of, um, if you're like a, a running couple, different things. So like, you know, like you have the summiting and there's also obviously in the toilets, in the, in the portal, portal that's got to be a, a target as well. There's got to be, there's got to be different. A target. <laughs> oh, I mean, does anyone really want that? 
No. No, of course they don't. I mean, that's what dry raves are for. If you're at a festival and you can't make out <laughs> ten. Oh, no. Did, who, did you, who did you lend your dry robe to? <laughs> who did you lend it? And I th- Tom I mess- Dark. I, t- Tom I messaged Dark, him. And I, I, t- I messaged him to say, I dread to think what's gone on inside that dry robe. <laughs> How many times have you washed it? It doesn't um, need to wash it's self cleaning. I, I mean, it's been hosed down, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Let's not go there. <laughs> but um, maybe that's the new challenge then, right? Do badders. You've got to see, because I don't believe I've ever summited in the new <laughs> definition. You don't believe. Surely you'd be very clear whether you have or not. I'm trying to think back. I, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty, pretty certain I've never summited in any race. That is a new challenge, though. To, to summit and to win. No, that's <laughs> and I don't know if it's impressive for being able to do both. Because it could be impressive if you're incredibly fast, but it might not be impressive because it might imply that you're incredibly fast. But the difficulty is, in a lot of these races, they have separate men and female starts. So how, oh, how, how? how does one summit in that situation? <laughs> so you've got to run back, summit, and then still catch up. I mean, I wouldn't advise well, maybe it on you, a park. Maybe you should run. improvise. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's, that's the new challenge for our runners. Um, I don't know if there are any running couples out there, but send us in your summiting stories. <laughs> <laughs> we should just you just name it on Strava. <laughs> You've got to pinpoint where on Strava it was, and it, especially if you can. Oh damn it! There's nothing a mile high in the UK, is there? No, no. Wow, what a shame. So maybe you can you have to summit it at K. The Snowden Snowden's not even a thousand meters, is it? Or or Scaffold Pike? So you can only summit in Scotland. You can only summit in Scotland. That's that sounds like a. Is that why they have kilts? <laughs> No one else needed them because we couldn't summit. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. It must. I always think a couple. Uh, is this a couple of met through running? I I, th- I don't think you need to meet through running. I mean, if you can manage to meet someone during a race and summit <laughs> during the same race, <laughs> oh you man, are, you're more talented be, than I that's am. That's going to be friend. some impressive chatting up to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoever we were referring to, yeah. <laughs> That's that's your new game. Uh, the the because I haven't mentioned the name. We call him L. Um, yeah, but the imagine that though, going on a third date where you haven't you haven't properly snogged yet. If it, I mean like if it's a if it's an ultra, at least you have time to work on it. You know, at least you have time. if it's a a ten k, you have got some. You've got to have some zippy moves, some great lines. Yeah, yeah. you've got to you've got to pull out all the hellard moves that would be the technique but um the yeah he can imagine 52 hours and unfortunately he's not as quick as she is and he's not as fit as she is so imagine having to try and pretend that you're not in absolute agony and you're not complaining having to go with someone you're trying to impress when you know the whole time that you're in bits oh yeah yeah that's really difficult yeah and i've not heard the full story i only heard half of it from claire because we uh, we went to a gig uh, White White Lies just uh, just this evening, and halfway through uh, halfway through the story, we had to come back to do the podcast. So, oh, did he or didn't he summit? That's the question. <laughs> I think generally, generally, like going out with someone who is a runner as well, because that I think that's a difficult one. Because mm. what happens if one of you stops liking running? I think that's fine, isn't it? Is it? If one just goes, I just want to sit on the sofa and do fuck all from now on. Well, how many couples actually travel to races together? 
I don't know. I just think, you know, if you're both running... Because then what becomes really difficult is that when you, like, when you have children and stuff, and then you can't run together, you can't train... But that's brilliant if one of you decides that you don't like running. You can get great, look after the kids. Like oh, no, yeah, no, no, that's good in that situation. But what happens if you yeah. both like running and you have children, or if just one of the couple decides that they don't like running anymore. It's Because it's such a big part of your life. Yeah, that's true, although... You've changed, I, man, you've changed. If I think about the number of races that I've run, and Claire's run, yeah. since we've met, we've probably only been to two races together in that whole time. She, I was doing steeplechase while she was doing Lakes in a Day, for example. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, and we, we rarely run together either. In fact, she came to track for the first time last week, um, and... It's the first time, yeah, first time since we've met that we've actually trained together. Oh, really? Yeah, other than running to her mum's house together or um, running from one house to the other where it's just convenient for the longer or slower run. Because it's incredibly to train, it's quite really hard to train with your partner. And then if you are training with your partner, the chances are that you're not the same speed. So yeah. if you're training together, the likelihood is you're therefore at a running club. At which point, if one of you doesn't do it, makes no difference really yeah because you're, you're going to a running club anyway Why is, is this what you're facing Has, uh, now that you're not running and that Libby's back into running is this your dilemma I'm back into running man I'm back into running it's not a problem but it, the problem yeah, well it is actually a problem because it's not that we train together it's just when, when you have kids mm. and then one of you wants to go out running and the other one wants to go out running then this well then we have to we have to you know alternate well I don't think you can really train for marathons and ultras together as, as, not even together as a couple if you've got kids because long run is at least two and a half hours and so you can't one of you do two and a half hours the other do two and a half hours because oh, no. then that's the whole day gone essentially with the with a handover but what we were th- what we were saying is that um we're going to say that we both go to like running clubs yeah not even on the same night maybe on different nights and stuff but um yeah. but even that we can't do it's just too it's too difficult so I have to try and find other times to run. It's weird because it's, no, it's not been a situation um, because Libby's never done running, but now she's really into it. That's great in a way, though, isn't it? I mean, do you, do you feel that she's encroaching on your territory or are you like, brilliant, we can now do more stuff as a family? No, we've got that situation where um, the 10K is coming up and now we're like, mm. oh, <laughs> someone's got to look after the children while we're doing it. Uh, so we have to like book someone in while we run. Which has never happened before. We've never done like the same race together. And surely not... there's a local do badder who'll step up. Well, we've got we're, Libby's parents are gonna are gonna come and look after them while we're doing it and stuff. But the, the funny thing is, Libby was totally, totally against me signing up for the 10k. She goes, "Well, you're just gonna sign up and yeah, you know, you're not gonna run it with me." I'm like, "Well, I can run some of it with you." She goes, "Well, you know, you won't you won't run it with me at all. You're just gonna you're gonna like run for like a mile and then you're just gonna try and go as fast as you can because that's just what you'll do." And I'm like, oh, yeah, probably. And she goes, and you'll just you'll just rub my face in it that you've run it much quicker. And I'm like, well, no, I won't. And it, you're a she, horrible person. I'm not a horrible person. It's just like sometimes, like you say, you just you can only run it at your pace, especially a 10k. Yeah. yeah, but then if you just see it as a training run. Yeah, but the 10k is like, well, what what sort of training run would that be? Oh, how about this? How about you go out and you'd run 15 miles, and then you run together. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good idea. And then it might be that you can't keep up. Yeah, possibly, possibly. And then it becomes a challenge. Yeah, well, actually, this segs in a little bit into um, into uh, what we've done this weekend and what we've just recently done, because actually Libby's just done a um, an 8K, which is an odd odd distance, isn't it, an 8K? Yeah, well, I guess it's five miles, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's really odd if they market it as an 8K rather than a five-miler. But gen- don't you find, generally, 
people have started marketing events in terms of kilometres rather than miles. Um, I've seen that. I've just seen that loads, and I don't know. I don't know why they've done that. Whether it's a, I don't well, know. I guess just the types of races longer. I do. Yeah, the types of races I, I do don't tend to be. They, they tend to be aggressive names or <laughs> uh, the something challenge rather than a certain distance. But like, what's that race I'm going to do? What's it called? <laughs> I'm trying to that's challenge. Out. That's challenge. That's marketed in terms of kilometres, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's because it's the, the, well, the probably the, what's going for kilometres is there's more likely that kilometres is going to be an accurate distance, right? Than a mile. So, I mean, seven k, you're then going to have to choose between five miles or four miles, whereas seven k or six k, it's a lot closer. Oh, just because you're you're doing it to the course. Oh, yeah, and I think that's why that's what they did with this course. That it was um, it's eight k because it was along the um, undercliff in Brighton. So I think it was just that was the that was the distance it was. It was um, sort of quite convenient. Yeah. But the interesting thing about it being an eight k is that mm. it doesn't normally attract the sort of runners you'd expect. Like yeah. people trying to go quick time stuff like that because no one goes for an eight k time. It's uh, yeah. this this a completely different distance. Although you might go for a five mile PB. I mean, my, my, all our cross country, for example, is five miles. Oh really? Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, why? Why is that? I but you don't... do get you do get odd ones where because even the one mile, which should be a blue ribbon event, it should be the main kind of speed event is undermined by the 1500 meters yeah so i have no i've got i have no idea why it's 1500 meters rather than a mile yeah because you have to start in a more annoying place as well i don't yeah i don't like the shorter distances i just don't understand there's got to be there's gonna be some like athletics ruling that i cannot be bothered to uh look up if any do badders know this if any this would be really useful to share yeah why is the 1500 not a mile I'd guess it's something to do with the conversion rate of yards and meters, but it just seems bizarre because a mile is so much nicer. And then you can, if you've got your 1500 meter time, it's actually useful in calculating your paces for all your other distances. Whereas, so your mile time, your 1500 meter time is useless in helping with anything. Yeah. It doesn't even help you with your 800. Yeah, it's really weird. But the point I was make, point I was making about this um, this eight k was that it was one of these events that it just shows how far running has come in this country because it was like you know it was a, it was it was called Rise eight k and it was a women only event and it was for uh, like a local charity for like domestic abuse and, and stuff like that and yeah. uh, and it was excellent it was brilliant it's funny how like an eight k can almost have much more to it in terms of um, like chip timing, the finish, things like that, or for like an ultra, which basically the finish to an ultra is always like some bloke with a small desk and a flag. And, you know, you, you really sometimes can't tell. But this one, you know, really done well. Amazing goodie bags. Um, like Libby's like, yeah, I might do it next year because it's like got loads of like makeup and all stuff in it. And normally goodie, <laughs> goodie bags, are, I think, generally turning shitter, aren't they? Um, it depends. I think some are getting better. It, it really well, God, depends. What, 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 get better? what goodie bags are getting better? Well, that race is a good example of it, where if you get a race that is incredibly targeted at a certain demographic, and you know that, I mean, it sounds like the type of race that is going to attract just a huge number of of females who are new to running. Yeah. And so they're a brilliant target market because they don't know what to do for nutrition, what to wear, they haven't got any trainers. They're really good to market to if you're a running product, but also... They're all, if you can segment your audience so specifically, then yeah, you can do it with lipstick. Whereas if you end at the London Marathon, there's lipstick, so you've just wasted yeah. um, at least 50% of your product. So um, 
I'm trying to think if I have a good. I've had some in the past. Well, um, you say you say that though because I don't know where it was, but I got at one race I got some um, Mac makeup, and Libby's like, "Oh, oh, I love that. Yeah, do that race again." <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> I should have wrapped well, it up and gone. I got be... I bought you this on the way back from the marathon. <laughs> <laughs> never buy never buy your wife makeup it's implying something <laughs> you're never gonna win that war so you can they'll they can twist it whatever you buy them that's could be nice but uh, was it a good race then oh it was just it was really lovely so um i mean something that i've worked out is how difficult it is trying to support someone when you've got to corral two children around yeah yeah oh. God. Did but they? Yeah, it was, they must have understood the concept. Were they? Were they waiting to see in her and excited? Well, like, Reed is just like, why is mummy so slow? Because she was just getting impatient and wanted to wanted to leave. Why is mummy so <laughs> slow? Why is everyone so sweaty? Like, it's really hot, darling. Why are people throwing water on the floor? And then she just wanted to go on the beach. So you know, she didn't. She didn't really care. Oh, I've walked so far. You know, like literally, like two meters to the car. Yeah. But yeah, so she. You know, it, it's good for her to like see all that because she does. She does get into it, and she you know likes seeing the parents um, like exercising stuff like that. But um, but yeah, it was just it was a really lovely race, and it made me think running has come so far. Like you've got all these races now that people can participate in outside of even like race for life and stuff, and the amount of new people that have introduced to to running through that because it was properly like all shapes and sizes doing it. It's, it was quite weird in some ways in that because you you want running to not be a big deal, you want people to just be I'll go for a run. And for anyone to think that and to be quite happy to just turn up anywhere, anytime, put on the trainers. But actually, they're making it not a big deal by making running such a big deal. Because they, they probably said this you know, 8K like was quite hard to do and people were stressed about it and like really built it up. So it's almost mixed messaging where what you ultimately want to achieve, you have to always get people into running. Yeah, it has to. You have to feel like an achievement. So like people mm. can say to each other, but you know, it's like they do. You know, people do it in groups and stuff. But you can see the stuff. You know, you can see like, you see the thinking behind it and the way that you the market it. And it was just it was just done so well, really, really well. But then I don't have a huge amount of experience of like these shorter races, so I don't I don't know whether they're, they're all marketed like that well, or not. Ten k is the most popular. Have you said that before? Yeah, ten k is most, most popular. Distance? Yeah, I know the Brooks. The Brooks one is a big one, and so yeah, I'll see. What, yeah, I'll see what that's like. So yeah, Brooks is, and it's it's a it's a perfect route for for a ten k. But yeah, it just made me think. But it did highlight the other group of people that I hate, mm. aside from aside from cyclists. And actually, it's fucking dog walkers. And I'm not talking about all dog walkers. I'm not, and I'm not talking about people with dogs and stuff like that. I'm talking about a specific group of dog walkers yeah. who, who think it's their fucking right of way. It doesn't matter what is going on on their path. They go out for their walk at a specific time of day with their fucking dog. And if something gets in the way, it's like the worst thing that's ever happened to them. There was someone that came along with a dog going, oh, it's just, oh, it's running everywhere. I can't even walk with my dog. It's like, just wait like four minutes or something and all okay, these people will be cleared. Go down that street. Or just go, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, 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 oh. I mean, there was some... I don't know if that's, I don't think that's just dog walkers. I think that's people in general who are stuck in their ways. Because yeah, you can right, have Like other cyclists, going... yeah, cyclists as well. They're, they're the same. Yeah, they, you know, cycling along what is clearly a pedestrianised area. Because I've, I've, for example, the Bear Grylls race last year, the local, I don't know if they're dog walkers or local walkers, they cut through all of the um, the tape 
so they could walk through their normal route. Oh, yeah. And uh, so people were getting lost all over. I've had a situation because I, I marshal quite often for race in London. It's the city 5K for, for Heathside. And I had a, a really, really furious woman saying, I must cross this road. Like, okay, you just... <laughs> Just go down to the, the tube just there and you can go underneath and come back to the other side and said, this marshal told me I could cross here. And I said, well, I'm very sorry. You can't, I'm afraid. As you can see, there are hundreds of people running across the road right now. You just have to go there. You can see the tube. And she goes, right, I'm going across and you're not going to stop me. I said, I am going to stop you. You're not going across it. And she then said, well, you're not allowed to cross. You're not allowed to touch me. Don't touch me. Um, <laughs> You're not allowed to touch me. I'm going to cross. I said, well, I don't really, I don't know what the rules are and what I'm allowed to do, but I'm telling you, you are physically not getting past me because it's dangerous for runners. And there's the tube. And I, I felt a bit sorry for her because she'd been told something that was not true. Yeah. But clearly by someone who was just misinformed rather than yeah. trying to annoy her. But her indignity at trying yeah. to get across the roads and for this one day a year, so I don't think you can. I don't think you can say that's dog walkers. No, no, I think, no, no. I think yeah, I think you're right. Okay, it's not necessarily dog walkers. And I wasn't talking. About, I was thinking there was a particular type of person, isn't there? Who and it's actually. Mm. I'm going to slightly defend triathlons here. So Ooh. slap me. But um, it's like that Simon Jenkins type of attitude where like Hyde Park is used once a year for triathlon and he'll fucking write in the like the times or whatever about how it's absolutely disgusting that these people come and they ruin you know it's supposed to be a place to walk and it's just like one fucking day a year yeah it's like that general you you've made me go out of my routine once I remember when Brighton was thinking of how long it took Brighton to get a marathon because people were saying, oh, the roads will be clogged up. It'll be, it'll be clogged up for fucking seven hours or something. Yeah. And just that, that, that absolute hatred of b- being able to have to move out of your own routine yeah. for, for, for something that is like so socially beneficial. Um, oh, it's just infuriating. I just defended fucking cyclists there. That's how angry it makes me. <laughs> so cyclists that are stuck in their ways wow no it's, not, no, it's not no well no it's not it's not it's just i think anyone anyone that just ha- has that issue with they've got that routine they always do it and they can't just see past like for one for one tiny time of the year we'll you know we'll do that i mean like the i'm not i'm gonna stop talking about you're it really now. angry <laughs> It's just when you see like all those people running and they're all so happy and they're having a lovely time, albeit very sweaty, according to my mm. daughter. But all having a lovely time, and then you have that f- fucking face come along, all scowling and angry. You just want to fucking punch it and just say, yeah. like, is this such a positive situation? It's. I don't think it's, it's generally happy people though. I don't think you've got a guy who's going, "Oh, I'm gonna walk my dog. I'm having a great time walking." Oh my god, I'm so angry now. I think they come out angry I know, already. I know, I know, but it just it infects other people. It tries to ruin other people's experience. And I think, yeah, I, I like to. I, I feel slightly protective of running. Yeah. Um, because of it, actually, when well, it's funny you said it because when um, we when we were doing like the ultra, the other thing, um, Jay who runs it was saying. Uh, I've put out loads of tape, but walkers will remove some. If they yeah. see any tape anywhere or any signs, they will unilaterally decide to remove them and they don't care. They it's don't so care weird, isn't it? it? Yeah, it's so strange that just people are happy to jeopardise strangers. Yeah, exactly. Strange I, know. I know. It's weird, isn't it? But, but uh, talking yeah. about racing in, so, in Brighton, where oh, uh, you're talking about 
we've well, I've I've looked at the map for your hundred miler. Oh, oh yes, yes. So <laughs> far, it hasn't left Brighton. Well, what do you mean it hasn't left Brighton? So the only entries. So they, there were some people who mentioned where it was, that you could stop off at their house in the group. But I, I posted up a link for the, the Bad Boy Riding 100 Miler map for them to actually put it onto a map so we could create a route between them. The only places so far <laughs> on the map are Brighton Cycle Hire, <laughs> Brighton Water Sports and Brighton Massage Parlour. <laughs> All oh, right, so people aren't taking it in the spirit in which it's supposed to be. So I have no <laughs> idea who's, who's put those on. I have my suspicions who is likely to be from in the group. But, right um, <laughs> but we don't actually have anyone else's location yet. So currently you're doing a 100 miler running between the water sports centre, the massage parlour and the cycle hire. It's going to be a pretty tough 100 miler. That's pretty amazing. I've I've had some uh, some people email um, dresses and stuff. It's going to be like I think there's like some people in Southampton, people in like Windsor. It's going to be all pretty far apart. It's going to be more than a hundred <laughs> miles. It's going it's going to be a pretty big one. Well, we could maybe do a relay race. A relay. relay. You do the first hundred, you pass it on. Someone does the next hundred. It's going to be. It have to be a long weekend so that we can actually get all the hours in. But uh, yeah. we'll add them. I'll, I'll repost the map into the group. But at any locations you've been given, yeah, you don't necessarily have to put the exact address in there. We're just like nearest town or something. Yeah, that might yeah, be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. somewhere you know an approximate area, so we can then just see if there is a feasible route taking in quite a few different doobaders. Before I ask you about what you've done. I want to ask you a question because I'm only asking this because this has just appeared on Netflix and I saw it the other day. Have you seen the documentary The Barclay Marathons? I'm not sure. You, you, meant, you, you text this midweek and I know I've seen something about The Barclay Marathons and it was a documentary of sorts. It's, it's got to be the same thing. I can't imagine that there are two documentaries about The Barclay Marathons. But it's... Um, so... The Barclay Marathons is sort of renowned in ultra circles as being like the hardest race to run. And whether, yeah, how much of it you actually run is, is debatable. But um, it's a, uh, I just let in, do badders know, watch it. If you've got Netflix, watch it and be interested to think, see what you think. Because um, there's some, uh, I, I found it quite inspiring. I even, I even might have cried at one point. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I don't remember it being particularly inspiring. I, I, the one I watched, I just thought it was a bit, whack job oh really yeah so maybe it was a different one i don't know i found it really inspiring but yeah so we could have do some of the dude badders watched it and see what see what they thought we'll have a chat about it in the uh, in the facebook group but yeah you well, watch it. Yeah, yeah watch it and then uh, the, yeah, let me know what you think yeah Why? we can talk about it next week yeah cool okay so big bad boy event oh big bad boy event indeed the red bull steeplechase how was it oh wow it was amazing was it amazing yeah really good just everything perfect almost it so was where do you start where do we start well the what previously if you didn't know the steeplechase it was based in the peak district and it, it was set up by rob uh, rob Smythe, who is now um bmf head of marketing and you ran to three different steeples so the churches uh, the steeples of three churches across the peak district and every six miles on average a third of the pack would get eliminated so it was crazy hilly but it also meant 
that you had different targets to try and uh, achieve. Uh, so some people just wanted to get through the first steeple. Some people wanted to get to the finish. But it means even if you're going for the second steeple, you're going to have to run faster than the back third running flat out six miles. So it really changes the race because everyone start out at a crazy pace. Um, so they, they after three years of doing it there, they had a year off. They wanted to revamp the format um, because they're, they're always interested in trying to get as much coverage for it as possible yeah. in the media because it's, it's a marketing event really rather than a, a race for, in terms of what they're trying to achieve. And, uh, and obviously having the race in the same place for four years running, people are far less likely to actually, the magazines to then write about it. So yeah, they, they waited a year and moved it to the uh, down to Exmoor. And oh my God, is it beautiful. So they, they upped the distance to, uh, in the, the ascent was now 1800 meters up and down. Right. And um, still 500 people. And that's what's great about it. You, you get there and it was this tiny village I can't actually remember the name of it. I have a quick check. Was it Lynmouth or something like that? It, yeah, that sounds sounds familiar. But I mean, the village itself is beautiful. This uh, little—it it reminds me of a, a village you'd find in the Lake District almost. But it's by the sea as well, and they've got a little stream coming down, crazy hilly coming in, and they'd set up the the event village in the, the green in the middle of this small village. Yeah. So you come in and it feels like a really big event because it's it's got these huge Red Bull tents. But actually, it's only 500 people and a lot of people, I assume, didn't turn up. So it's only 450, 400 people. Is it really? Only that many? Yeah, which is amazing because you get there and it's quite rare to have an event that feels so, you know, you're quite excited about it. Yeah. It feels like it's going to be an epic race. You know, it's Red Bull. You see all the stands. There's a sh- huge number of volunteers. But then you get there, and actually there's just it's, – it's you can see everyone, and everyone's just milling around and just chatting and mixing. And there were, there were a lot of do-batters out. There were a lot of uh, motorcycle runners. There were quite a few people I knew from, from London Running Club. So I'd say from the people there, I probably knew about a third of the people in the race. Oh, Wow. Yes, it was amazing to just have that atmosphere, especially to see so many do-batters there as well. It was really great. I think I saw a couple of um, couple of t-shirts uh, in the video. Yeah, with the, I think I saw at least three do-batter t-shirts, which is amazing because there's only about ten of them. <laughs> <laughs> so they were nearly all there. Are there. Were there any fuck you buddies? Yeah, massively. So I had, um, I can't remember what he said, but John Two Sticks, he, he gave me a fuck you buddy in German. Nice. Or I think Fick, that's Fick what he Kumpel. said. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Obviously, I had no idea what he was saying, but I just assumed <laughs> this is going to be a fucking buddy. <laughs> and then Fee, uh, Fee Silk, um, she at one point during the race, the uh, the girls were cut. Well, everyone came up. You then ran a, a huge loop, and and as you came back down, you'd pass the people behind. So the women started 15 minutes later. I think Fee then. Uh, was passing someone there who was in a bad boy running t-shirt and she kind of turned to him and went fuck you buddy <laughs> and it's so nice it's such a nice thing to happen in a race it sounds bizarre to have someone swearing at you as a negative but the great thing is it's almost it's it's the fact it's that hidden code and it is quite funny because it is insulting so anyone else who hears it, it's like that's quite weird <laughs> how rude 
but then to have a fuck you buddy you're like oh brilliant it's a but it's a genuine friend cool but yeah the race was amazing it you started along the beach and they had the town mayor bring out his scroll oh yeah read out his uh i don't even know is he i mean he, he went on for some time and then you, <laughs> you started and i forgot how good the field is it's a really really competitive field oh really unbelievably so yeah I mean they had um, they had Ricky Lightfoot the rich man's uh, Robbie Britton <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as uh, as Andy Parry likes to uh, like to say <laughs> so he's he's world mountain marathon champion oh yeah then they had um, I can't remember the, the, the guy one of the guys a uh, guy in second was a, a commonwealth runner um, for Britain then they had <laughs> a, really yeah, ridiculous. They had a, a New Zealand runner. Um, they've got the two guys from Serpentine, who uh, Ross knew them, um, who were also apparently epic. And then I think the, a guy didn't even come in the top four, but somebody came second last time. Right. So actually, the standard was you know bloody hell. This is uh, this is whack. And and when it went off, I knew it was going to is go out fast, but actually. Well, I, when I I hadn't really been thinking about the race that tactically, so everyone just sprinted off, and I was there running at what I thought was a, a reasonable marathon pace, thinking, look, uh, you know, almost almost in a patronising way, oh, look at all these fools charging off when it's it's a twenty miler with all these hills or twenty two whatever it was, and I didn't realise I hadn't really looked at the course that we've been about. <laughs> 800 meters it was single track straight up oh, this hill oh no yeah so i got to the bottom of this hill and just thought oh man i've made such an error here <laughs> there's nothing you can do and people who were six ahead of you by the time you got to the top because it was so slow coming out they'd be 150 meters in the in the distance and so i got to the top and i'd estimate i was in about 100th place if that and just thought oh my god they i'm already minutes off yeah because um, the top 20 go through the last hurdle the last steeple yeah and like oh my god i'm already minutes down and it's it's not even as if you could then necessarily get your, your wind your way through um but yeah we it was pretty steep to get to the top and everyone's panicking likewise and everyone's oh my god you know gotta make it to the first steeple and it opens up, and just from then on, it was beautiful. Really? Such a nice day, running around these coastal paths, single track. And if you look down, you're like, if I slip, it, it's not definite death, but I'm going to be in a really bad state. <laughs> not definite death. <laughs> well, you never know. There's some of it you'd run down, and it was, it was really steep, but there was... So it was, so it was coastal? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I didn't realise that at all. Yeah, amazing, right on the um, Exmoor coast, and but it was not all of it was coastal because you'd, you'd often run through beautiful trees and through valleys, um, and, but it, and, and it was just such a nice run. What was quite weird about it, which I hadn't realised, is how much of the of the coastal path to begin with was tarmacked. So everyone's wearing these trail shoes, and actually, for the first three or four miles, you're not really running. In fact, you could have run the whole thing in trainers. Really? You'd have been fine. 
you you wouldn't have done it was raining but such a lovely day there was no problem with with grip or anything like that there's no mud um and so yeah so anyway we were running through and it's just so nice to have so many people in a race yeah and because i started so far back um i was running through and i met um danny bent was running there so oh, we yeah. ran together and you know, scott seafell he was running as well um adam jacobs oh do you don't know adam but then i i, I kept on passing people and thinking oh my god what am i doing running with this person at this stage um all the way through and it's just incredibly hard to, to then catch up because you'd be oh, so wait a minute so you're saying why am i running this person because this person's so slow is that what you're yeah quite often you, oh, okay yeah you just think wow i can't you know this is how much of an error i made the error i made i'm three miles in or four miles in and we're side by side when i was i'd normally expect to be three or four minutes ahead of you by now um and then he came up to the the hard to the first steeple was by far the hardest it was 800 meters of ascent in eight miles yeah and that's when it's jam-packed as well so the just the one six i knew at six miles there's this beast and i realized that i'm okay at running uphill until it gets to a certain gradient and as soon as it changes to something where i actually need power rather than just moving my legs i'm useless so <laughs> If it's like stomping up, yeah, I'm dreadful. If it's if it's power walking, I'm dreadful. Um, and so yeah, we even got there, and I was like, oh my god, I'm not even, I'm not getting through the field at all because I'm just so crap at this uphill. And you then go downhill and single track, and you're like, I don't want to be a dick, and say excuse me because there's no way I can get around him. Um, but actually, this is costing me so much time. But it, it yeah, the I came for the first steeple in I can't remember now, fifty seventh. I think. Yeah. I thought, oh boy. Um, and then by the second steeple, I got it down to maybe 40 seconds. And, and it was hell. quite nice because each steeple you go through, because they have half, in between the steeples, you go through a running mat and it tells you your position. And everyone then suddenly reacts and like speeds up or oh, yeah, yeah. comfortable. And and then you, and also my, my nemesis is there as well from Serpentine. <laughs> your he's, nemesis yeah have you talked yeah. about them before i don't know if i have Come he's on. only my he's my nemesis from cross country oh right okay why, why is he your nemesis go and explain see, does he see, look this just is... like you <laughs> he's a really great guy actually. this is why you should go to join cross country leagues because you end up and it doesn't happen in anything else in running where you run against the same people for six races in a row so inevitably, you're going to be running next to the same, pe- the exact same people quite yeah. often. And then you have the, the North London Championships and you have the Southern Championships, you have the National Championships. And you're always wearing the same clothes because you're wearing the race, uh, the race strips. So this guy, James, he's, uh, he's a Serpentine who are Heathside's big rival, or one of the big rivals. Oh, okay. And I also know him because he went to university, uh, same university as me at Imperial. And he, um, he also went to Bechtel. Uh, which is where my ex-girlfriend used to work. So I saw him there. And he also used to live in Hammersmith because I remember seeing him in, the, in the, the supermarket sometimes and he had no idea. Well, he was just quite confused by how much I knew about him. <laughs> very good memory for, for certain things. Um, but I had a season where every single race against him, he overtook me in the last mile. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just heartbreaking. And it and over the course of a season as well, because you, uh, you generally start reasonably fit around 
Well, in fact, no, you, you don't start that fit this kind of time, October, November. And then as you get into marathon training, everyone gets quicker and faster. So by the time you get to the Southerns, the Nationals, you're getting really quick. And so each race, I'd be thinking, well, I'm getting fitter. Maybe this is the one. Maybe this is the one. And he kept on passing me still with about a mile to go. And it, I can't remember, it was either the Southerns or the Nationals. He went past me and I just started swearing at him. <laughs> and everyone around was was a little bit um, like, oh my God, what is going on here? I mean, he, he knows you well enough where he was finding it very funny because I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, James, fuck off with you, just, you fucking prick. Because I was like, I can't believe you're going to beat me in this one. But I'm, it must be the most satisfying thing to just pass someone and them to be so angry. It must be... <laughs> so he was there as well. He's there. And, and how did he, he do against you? He was, he, was doing, he was far off in the distance, but then on the, on the second steeple, um, I caught him there. And he was, there's another Serpy guy, they were stopping to get a drink. And it was only by, by the second steeple that I was actually getting some rhythm. And then, uh, so I then took off. So thankfully I, I beat him at least. Um, but I ended up coming in in 31st place and he needed to be top 20. So I managed to catch about 15 places yeah. uh, in the last, the last six miles or so. I came to the, into the, that steeple. Uh, Ross' uh, teammate, he'd, he'd been in fourth, done his knee, was injured on the side. Um, and I had so much energy left, because I'd, partly because of Pro Plus, partly because um, i just paced it completely wrong. So I got, you, and think, I, you, should, you should have trounced it. Or should have trounced it. Caffeine bullet. Yeah. Well, it, that's it. If you'd have had that, then... Yeah, absolutely. Well, I did the Pro Plus, the equivalent. and um, So I got there and there were... You mean the Pro then, Plus... It's not as good. Not not nearly as, not good. as good. Not nearly not as, as good. good. It was a poor substitute, but it's all you had. You don't get electrolytes in Pro Plus. No. <laughs> you see? But um yeah, I there were eleven people there who'd who'd already been through and, and not made it. And I just had so much energy and Ross was like, What are you doing, Dave? I'm like, mate, I'm just gonna run in. I've got to finish. Because it's the it's the third year in a row, I've not finished this race. <laughs> Is yeah, because the, the last two times I've been injured. Oh, right. And that's the thing. You imagine how annoyed I'd be with myself once I got to the top of that first hill and realised that I probably fucked my whole race just by going off too slowly. Um, so I had the whole race to just think, what a bell end, what a knob. Um, and, I, and it wasn't even as if I'm, I, I'm not in very good shape at the moment. So I was also thinking, shit, I don't know if I'm quick enough to pull this back. And evidently, I was nowhere near quick enough to pull this back. <laughs> So then I carried on running and just thought, sod it, I don't care. I'm going to finish this race, whatever. There's another 400 metres of ascent, four miles or so. And I didn't realise that it went back into the event village and took you back out again. So I then run down the hill and I, oh, it's the event village. And everyone else just assumes I'm the next guy through. (laughs) (laughs) And it turns out there's someone who's been injured um, from Serpentine. It came through in fourth or third or fifth. Got to the last steeple and then thought, I'm injured, I'm stopping. So actually, I was the 20th person through to actually get to the event village. So everyone's like, oh, it's Hellard. And I, and I guess a lot of them were expected to see me coming through anyway. So everyone cheered me through and thought, I'm not going to tell them. That I'm, <laughs> I'm not officially coming in. So I ran the rest of the race and... Um, and it was it was pretty heartbreaking. I got lost for one. Went up halfway up this massive hill, and you know when you're on a race and you think actually it's definitely going to go up this hill, so I might as well just carry on running and I'll 
I'll hit the route. Got to the top of the hill. No, it wasn't the route. <laughs> so I ran all the way back. And I, the re- I love that. The thing is, I can so identify it. When you have it in your mind that it goes a certain way, you're like, well, yeah. it's definitely going over that way. It's definitely going over that way. And then you like, you say you run it, you're like, it's not going over this way. It's not going <laughs> over this way at all, is it? It's, I want to look at my map now. Shit. I think you're thinking, this is a massive hill, so therefore it's definitely going up this hill. Because where else is it going to go? So yeah, it was it was horrific. Um, and the last, the the route just took you out and out and out, and you kept on going over the river. And you'd be like, oh great, this must be where I loop back, and it would keep on taking you out, keep. And you just thought, oh my god, how far are we bloody going? Um, and the last hill, when I got to the, because they have water stations with either Red Bull or water. Oh. You start off thinking. Yeah, I'm not drinking Red Bull. You're not, and then by halfway through, you're like, "Oh my god, I'm so <laughs> touched with Red Bull." So you're necking these massive but cups. Of what's, Red Bull. That, what's Red Bull like to drink as a as a race drink? I've never. I think they pour it out quite a bit before because it it's it seems that it's quite flat when you get yeah. there. But they also do a Red Bull water mix, which is quite nice. Yes, yeah, I mean I like Red Bull anyway, but you it doesn't. I I don't think I'd want to drink pure Red Bull in a race because it's it, in the same way I wouldn't want to drink pure lucasade uh, necessarily it's just yeah. a bit too sweet well it's actually a mix of water is perfect and so i got to that drink station and the guy was looking at me and i had this look of like oh man I, yeah i just don't want to be here now and he said don't worry only one guy ran this hill and apparently he's only only uh, ricky lightfoot was the only person to run the last hill because everyone was so broken by then what so what people had given up no everyone everyone just walked oh everyone hill. walked it oh, okay right yeah and it, I didn't think it was that steep, but looking back on Strava, yeah, it's pretty steep. Uh, but then the, the finish is two miles downhill. So oh. you, go, you come up to the top, the highest point of the whole race, and you then look back across the, uh, you can see the sea, yeah. and then you see the village in the distance, and you realise it's all downhill on this beautiful trail. And you're like, oh my god, this is amazing! I'm going to just destroy this. And <laughs> you start running. You're like, okay, I'll, I'll jog slightly quicker than my slow jog all the way in. <laughs> but it's brilliant. You come in, and because everyone's it's this little village, so there's there's nowhere else to go really. Yeah. So you come in, the whole event village is there waiting for every person coming in, and they announce the next person in. And because you know anyone coming in. It's top 20, or it's just carried on, and it isn't really top 20, but you think it's top 20. It means every person who comes in, everyone's cheering, and it's just this brilliant atmosphere. They've got DJ, you then get, you. Um, it's just only 30 quid to enter, Yeah. and that, that's why it's sold out. For the, I mean, It's such a shame they wanted to do 50-50 men and, and female, but they, they always struggle to get enough females to do it. And so you, you come in, it's just great finish. They then put on, you have some soup, they have some, some food, it's all for free they give you um scones and they've got deck chairs around and these huge bean bags so everyone just hangs out has these beautiful hoodies and oh it's just amazing such a good atmosphere oh it sounds great yeah but why didn't you do it why didn't i yeah i thought you're gonna come down well you thought i was gonna just show up at the last minute and no i thought you're gonna sign up ages ago i just assumed you'd when we talked about it that i'd have sold you on it and you'd have been like yeah yeah yeah, i'll come down no, no, I, I, I was going to, but I actually, I, it was sensible that I didn't even go near it because after running the ultra, I would have never been able to do it anyway. So, oh, your legs still pretty ruined. Well, I was fine till like Wednesday, 
And then I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll do some high interval, high intensity interval training. And that was a really fucking stupid thing to do because yeah. I, I couldn't move afterwards. I was like, I should have just rested. But, um, but yeah, I was like in, like in pieces then for like the weekend. I could barely, I kept, I did that thing where Libby had done a run and I was still yeah. moaning about my legs aching. <laughs> but no, that, yeah. sounds, that sounds great. That sounds really good. Um, so, I mean, it, it's, it's one of those races where you, you get moments and you think, bloody hell, this is ridiculously beautiful. But also, I mean, they were lucky of the weather. But that race in the wet, oh, my God. That is when it would be exciting because that would be so different in the speeds of people. Yeah. Because you know, people, are, people are happy to run single track with a potentially deathly, um, deathly drop off to the side when it's bone dry. But when it gets wet that's when it really becomes an interesting race because it's not a case of who's necessarily just the quickest. It's about how much you're willing to risk. Yeah. And, and that would be amazing when you're running, running those trails um, in the wet and trying to push for places as well. So, and also second year, everyone's going to know that you've got to leg it for the first 800 meters. So the start is going to be insane. So, so they'll have it in the same place again. I don't know. I, I hope they do. I assume they will. The, I'd imagine the, the logistics of finding a location where you can have the different steeples, getting the permission, all of that is so much to do it as a one-off. So I hope it's back and I hope it's back there. Right. Okay. So what were like the logistics like getting there and everything? Cause that's, that, that was another thing, wasn't it? It's quite, is it quite out of the way or is it close by anywhere? Yeah. I mean, it's out of the way. The good thing is it's only 500 people. Yeah. So we all stayed with uh, Ross, my teammate, Ross McDonald's house. Um, his parents have got some chalets. So we all, we all camped out there. Uh, what's well, so we stayed there and they went down on the Saturday and, surfing and stuff so for us it's about a 40 minute drive yeah there were quite a few b&b's i think they would have run out relatively early yeah and there's nowhere else that close to drive um tiverton i think is quite close barnstable um but they had a a shuttle bus for uh, parking oh okay which yeah and the good thing is you it's such a nice relaxed race that people are happy to hang around for a bit because you're eating food everyone's mixing a lot of people just know each other from different running clubs and things and it is something where you can just make friends if you've never if you're there by yourself and just chat to people yeah so the logistics were good and the it's just a shame it's on a sunday really because everyone yeah, has to shoot off hard, home. Isn't it? yeah. such a long drive yeah and oh and another thing so the one of the steeples the second steeple the top hundred go through pete is there running it properly doesn't want to film it for mudsicle and he's in a hundred and third place coming up on a hundred and second place coming up like a mile to go to the final steeple and he's pushing it pushing it pushing it and he gets close to it he can see it because the the second steeple you can see from quite far it's it's at the near the top of one of the peaks and you're running up a road and he said when he was getting close there this guy comes past him like steaming past he's like damn it but he manages to see three people ahead and he does a sprint finish and beats the guy by a meter to get through to the uh to, through the second steeple and you just hope it's on on camera because moments like that that make it an incredible race yeah. because at every single checkpoint you're counting the numbers and you're thinking, have I got a chance? And people are changing their paces 
according to that. And the fact that you've, it doesn't matter if you're, you're the quickest hundred, you might not make it through the first checkpoint if you haven't run quick enough through the first eight miles. So, so how do you think you'd have done if you'd have um, not sauntered along for the first like few hundred meters <laughs> nonchalantly? I really, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if I'd have made it or not because I, because my define, fitness define is, made it. You'd have, you made it in the, the top twenty, wouldn't you? Hopefully, but I'm not even certain of that. The it was really good race, and my fitness just isn't there at the moment. Because I I checked afterwards, I was seven minutes off twentieth uh, by the time I finished. So I I don't think I'd have lost. I mean, I certainly wouldn't have lost seven minutes on that first hill. But then again, I was. There's a lot of times I had to run behind people for the rest of the race. But I don't think seven minutes worth. No. But partly, I mean, I got quicker during the course of the race and I found my legs I'm not you sure should, that's you should do you relaxed at the start of it yeah 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 absolutely <laughs> but also you you just race so differently when you when you're running with different speed people yeah and so I would have got a far quicker so it might have been that I'd have blown up who knows but um yeah what's and, the oh and because because the guy had dropped out I'm officially down as 20th finisher <laughs> And the results, I mean, that's really bad. And it wasn't my intention. Not that anyone cares. Not my intention, but uh, I'm not correcting that. <laughs> well, I'm sure someone from Red Bull will listen to this in the marketing department. So I don't know whether they'll go back and change it or not. We'll see. Um, this is an interesting thing, then. So how do you, how do you, bro- actually, it goes back to what we were saying about running as a couple and running at different speeds. How do you broach the subject? This has never happened to me, of course. Um, of when you're running with someone, politely saying to them, "I'm going to leave you behind now because I need to go." What's what's the what's the proper etiquette? Like I say, I've never been in that situation. Have you ever. agreed to run together? <laughs> no, no, no. Not necessarily agreed to run together. But you know when you've run together for a certain amount of time, and then yeah. you you know after a few minutes you're having a good chat, and a few minutes it's dawned on you that this person's pretty slow, and you're being yeah. held back. What what's the how do you normally broach that subject? Is it just uh, well? Nice seeing you. I'm going to run this now. Or um, I, well, I think it's. Or do you not on. say anything? Or do you not? Or do you go? What's over there? And off you go. Well, I, I think it's. I, th- I think. Well, I've, I've just assumed it's not a big issue to just say. <laughs> You've anyway. left people crying. Yeah. Well, no, just to go. Right, I'm going to. Anyway, mate, I'm going to push on. Good luck. You know, hope you as well. Something like that. Because I, the fact that you're you're looking to move faster, I don't think is is a problem. Right. And I don't think they'd be insulted by that. Do you think someone would be annoyed? Uh, I don't know. I just I just wondered what it must be like to to push. I mean, you do that. You could do that awkward thing. So you never do that in an ultra, especially you know right at the start. Because you could do that awkward thing. Mm-hmm. You talk to someone, say, "Oh, I'm going to push on," and then literally mm-hmm. ten miles later, they're caught up with you again. You know, because they even got then, it, it, I think if, if you say it in the right way, it's like, "Oh, what a mate!" Because keep going. Good work. I love the idea of someone passing you and you getting fucking mad at them. <laughs> but oh, there are. I've, I've heard of people in ultras, though, who do become friends with someone and they're like, oh, let's run this together. And then the person, it, after 20 miles, it becomes apparent this person is going downhill rapidly. Yeah. Like, oh shit, we're kind of tied together. We've got this emotional tie now, but I don't want to have to nurse this person through. You know, I'm here to run my ultra. In my own race, I've got my own pace. I've got a certain time in mind. I mean, have you had situations like that? No, and I never let. The thing is, I never let. The only reason, the only time I really speak to people is if I'm 
having to go down to a walk or something because you get into that weird thing of one of you starts walking and then the other one runs mm. past you and you start doing that overlap thing but i've seen mm. it loads i've seen like you know like like i said about the last last one where there's like there's a couple running to, a couple of guys running together and one of them was clearly trying to give up and you know but in that situation it worked because they didn't give up and the other one like dragged them on but I don't know. It's a bit. It's a bit different with those sort of ultras. You know, if you're not if you're not looking to win it or you know or beat your 38 mile time or whatever it is you're trying to do there. Um, it, for most people, I think you know finishing it in a respectable time is is good enough for them. Um, yeah. And if it means you yeah. know, and it's you know with ultras, it's the big thing. It's about you know completing it as a almost not as a team, but um, you know helping people along because you don't you know over that like distance and that time. It doesn't really make much of a difference to to stop and help someone, or to stop and sit with someone and give them something to eat, or you know, check. Yeah, everyone's always asking, you know, if everyone's all right on the course and stuff. So, yeah. But I always, I, I never, if I'm like, if someone's running with me, sometimes if it goes on for too long and I can feel that they're going to be, you know, too pacey, I just, I say to them, oh yeah, you better push on because I think I'm going to slow down in a minute, even if I'm not. Just because I don't want, I don't want to end up. You don't want to hang out with them too much. If you, well, if you think they're going to slow down, or you think no, no, I think gonna... they're going to speed. Yeah, you know, straight away someone's going to be faster than you. Um, yeah. So I'll, after a few minutes, I'll say, oh well, I'm going to slow down in a minute, and I'll let them go ahead, so I don't have that pressure of having to keep running at their speed. Yeah. So I, 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 re- I release them straight away. <laughs> no, I like the assumption that you think they're going to be like, oh god. Don't want to be stuck with this guy for too long. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just assume everyone's going to be thinking that. So. Don't worry, you can go. I no. know what you're thinking. <laughs> but we, we were thinking on the way back in the car of how you could build upon this idea of the... Because what's great about the Steve Chase is it changes how you race. Yeah. And you have races within races. And you have people who come to... You know, they might just... They come for the sole purpose of getting through the first steeple or the second steeple or the third steeple. Yeah. And that's what's great. It just gives you so many different goals other than just the time. And so, and yeah. it... Because that's it. Because someone who's trying to just get through the first steeple with no intention of trying to, um, you know, get to the end, is going to be, yeah, racing much harder. Because that was... Mm. Actually, that was really interesting about, like, the Transalpine. Because the Transalpine, they have different stages. But mm. the like the elites some of them will go out there to win certain stages and that's all they'll do they won't go for the whole race they'll just go out to win the stages their sponsors like it because they get the the leaderboard and stuff like that and so it totally changes how you know how people do because you know some people have different targets which yeah it completely Mm. messes it completely messes it up and it makes it difficult to to know how to race because we were thinking of of doing an extension of it where um i was gonna i think i came up with the idea of the 400 440 so you start with 40 people on a track and you all run 400 meters and the last person gets eliminated and you keep on doing that isn't, that. So you, isn't there a race like that with a car i think they do it in cycling in the, the kieran or the yeah, no but it's, it's, a, it's, i'm sure there's a race with that with a car and if the car catches up with you or something i'm oh, oh i don't know does that sound familiar um no no, not not I can think of, but you'd 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 restart each time, so it's not a it's not a rolling four hundred. Yeah. So you you cross the line, the last guy gets eliminated, eliminated, then start again, and that would be an amazing race because I we're trying to figure out who we think we who would win out of a four hundred meter runner, an eight hundred meter runner, a oh, ten thousand yeah. meter runner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because 
the, the you're going to run your first lap at the speed of the slowest person's quickest 400 meters, which is going to be bloody quick. Yeah. Either that, or people just can't get through, and it's just you get. The trouble is, it's it's we with eight lanes on a track, it's five people per lane, so it's going to get bloody congested to start with. Yeah. But still, if you're taking first lap 50 seconds, or let's say it's just a, a mix of club runners, if your first lap is 70 seconds, yeah, which is not you know it's, it's not particularly fast 400, but it's going to be someone's fastest 400, and so you you've you've started off at that pace, and then you get quicker. So you might be amazing at 10,000 meters. Because the distance is going to end up being 16,000 metres total. But it doesn't mean you can run that quickly at 400. No, absolutely. But if you're a 400 metre runner, you can do 45 seconds. You're going to be able to cruise it for the first few. But then 8,000 metres in, (laughs) it's not going to be that fast for you. So I just think it'd be amazing to see what would happen. Who would lose? I tell you like, what, who'd be the strongest? it just sounds too complicated to organise. Why? I don't know. You just go queue up, go. Then they all run round. One guy gets eliminated. Great. Do it again. Go. I mean, it'd be hard to position people for start positions. Yeah. But maybe you start with 20 people, then it's fine. That sounds, that sounds quick. I need to ask you a question about yeah. a certain person's progress. A certain person. Because a certain person won their place at the Red Bull steeplechase. They did. But they won it on the basis that they had to do something. Which I don't believe they did. And remember, it was turn up, fully kitted like a pro, calf sleeves, GPS watch, gel belt, etc. Full warm up, talk smack to everyone, line up at the front and then walk. <laughs> can you can you confirm that Josh Stevens actually did that? So Josh was definitely there. I think he was in a D-bad atop. Uh, for I remember, which to me is not dressing to the max because you really want a really said, skin well, type. Well, he said kitted up like a pro, so you won't do bad at all. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Immediately ruling you out of pro status. And he definitely didn't start with a walk <laughs> that I recall because, well, there was no one at the front walking. No, I saw the video of it going off. It was it seemed pretty pretty feisty. Yeah, it was. Yeah, people were. Well, there were there were some very good runners there, and also I think people were. Um, a bit more aware of that first hill than I was. <laughs> so yeah, Josh, you let us down. Let us down. So there has to be a penalty of some sort, of course. It does. In fact, I also remembered that Martin, um, Martin, years ago, on the, possibly a year ago on the podcast, had asked what it takes to be a do-badder, and we said that he had to do a hacker to a parkrun 5K, and I don't believe he's done that either. Oh, really? A lot of promises being made, but no one actually fulfilling any of these. Absolutely. So we need to, well, do batters. You need to come up with a suitable punishment for for Josh. Uh, Martin, you need to get out there and and do your your hacker in front of any park run that you desire. But we've got, we've had quite a lot of feedback, haven't we, the last few weeks? Yes, yes. We've hit a milestone. Have we? We've hit a milestone of five over 500 people in the Facebook group now. Have we? Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, I know. It just, it just happened one day. I only noticed it because a little alert came up. But yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, that's pretty good. A year a year of the Bad Boy Running podcast and already at 500. Happy days. Yeah. So if you've, no, got friends, had... if you've got friends who naturally know that's not a good idea, don't invite your friends. 
Yeah, it'd be so weird. Yeah. In fact, one of our future guests listened to an episode, the, the most recent episode, which is a do better catch up. <laughs> they were very confused. <laughs> very confused. Don't start with a do better catch up. That's a terrible, terrible place to start. Yeah, I, should, I think I should have sent in the last one. We've, we had someone on us. We should, should have sent the CZ channel on. But we've got quite a few updates for you. So, um, the well, the first subject we've already mentioned is about the the ultra. So do get, I'll repost it in the group. But do put down your uh, your location if you'd like JD to visit you on his uh, his hundred mile BBR one hundred. Yeah, BBR one hundred. Then we've also had an update on Scott Young. Oh, okay, okay, yes, yeah. The report's come out, hasn't it? I didn't. I purposely didn't hear, listen, or read anything about it because I knew that you were going to give me a hellard style update it's amazing actually so for those that don't know um scott young is also the self-appointed marathon man uk and which is it's true it's fair. i mean i'm not having a go at that but he's decided to call himself that and he supposedly set the record for the most marathons in a year which was 366 marathons which are very much disputed. Now, he then has done various other challenges, which um, have culminated in him trying to break the record for the fastest continuous run across the the states. And there were quite a few people that accused him of being a cheat, based partly on his data that he was uploading to Strava, some impossibly quick times for someone who um well for anyone actually literally for anyone but also for someone who on paper has only run a 307 marathon i think that's been actually verified i'm sure he says he's run a lot of other marathons a lot quicker than there has been at but um he someone then went to run with him and when they turned up they just found his van moving along at a running pace and no runner so they then tried to go ahead to find him so they thought maybe he's running ahead tried to get behind they then checked on the cctv of the local petrol station and sure enough no runner came past and just the van so they then accused him of being a cheat on a forum and there were various other allegations when people started looking at his data just saying wow this guy's definitely cheating some guys called the geezers who were some ultra running community legends came up to run with him and his running rant changed from being 70, 80 miles a day to 40 miles a day, where his quickest mile within those 40 miles was slower than his slowest mile at any point in the previous um, running that he'd been doing on this challenge, which were, unlike his 40 miles, were at altitude, also with huge ascent and at least 70 miles a day. So he then did that for five days, got injured. He's sponsored by, I'm not going to say the brand name actually, um, because 2XU are much better. And also, I don't want them to get publicity out of this for supporting this joker. But um, they, to their credit, then commissioned a couple of professors, I can't remember the names, but leading professors. Waldorf and Statler. Waldorf and Statler. So they're both apparently world experts in sports, sporting data, sporting analysis. And they released their report on having looked at everything to do with this attempt. And they it's, it's a very long report, and their conclusions are that they don't want to call him a cheat. They don't want to say it explicitly. Is there's the, 
but they say they've come to the conclusion that there's that there's um, there's no other answer other than the fact that he has received outside help in this in the shape of some kind of vehicle words along those lines so they haven't called him a cheat explicitly but there's there's no other conclusion that he's a cheat so they don't say so they don't say that at all in the report well they they don't say they don't use the word cheat which is it's just quite weird because it's just easy to say that and everyone i'll just i'll quickly find the report now was i calling him scott young Young. cool that's right cool (laughs) poor Uh, scott young he's been branded a cheat and he's just some guy Scott Young's the the, um, the guy who was the fix was fixer for the Russians, who then had this huge divorce case and ended up killing himself. I mean, I think fair place for skins actually the way they did it. I yeah, I was thinking that as well. I, initially, I thought, oh, it's not one of these damn like sponsors trying to do some sort of cover up and everything. But actually, compared with the way that some of the major corporate sponsors still cover up and still you know stick behind the athletes who are clearly cheated yeah it is you know it's actually it's the it's the probably the first brand to do that yeah absolutely i think they did it in the right way made it as impartial as possible they, the weird thing with the, the re- timings of the release they released it to the media first and then yeah afterwards i don't think anyone was really surprised what was in it i know it's <laughs> the it's just ridiculous isn't it? and if you even if you look at him he's too fat to be to be what he says he is there's a really good website I can't find it now unfortunately that has taken all of the key details from the report and condensed them into one really nice infographic yeah well there's there's things about how he has to have a stride length of 50 metres or something for the, the data to actually be correct oh really yeah so there's there's a, there's a really long and it's sh- the main things it shows are that the data that they've released. And what's annoying about it is he's still denying it. Oh, is it? I was going to say, what is, what's his reaction? Surely he's just come out and, and said that it's... No, he's still denying it, but he's not answering any of the questions. So some of the simple questions would be, if you are innocent, why did you remove all of your data from Strava? And why did you do a factory reset on two of your three watches? So they, the only reason they managed to find this data is because one of the top, the TomToms had been backed up to the laptop. And so they managed to find the data on the laptop rather than his actual watches, which he'd um, reset all the data on. But it, was, it showed some staggering number of, it t- tends to be at night, but staggering number of runs. I think 66 runs were shown where the data is iffy at best and showed that the only way it could happen is if he had a, a stride length of 50 metres, which obviously, because a lot of the, the initial data he released was, was about cadence. And so right. without cadence, it could be a bike, it could be a car. It just yeah, shows you the speed absolutely. of moving yeah. And cadence is incredibly hard to fake because your cadence naturally changes in a run anyway. And... Um, you can you can just directly match it to someone to someone else's data and see if it's a ripoff, because it's very easy to just carbon copy and just say yeah that's the same as that data. So when they released the data of the cadence, it was showing that his if you think that a marathon runner when they're a perfect cadence supposedly is 180 steps per minute. Yeah. Um, and so some of his cadence 
was 20 steps a minute ridiculous amounts and so they were saying yeah maybe yeah maybe you're not cheating but it means you've got a 50 meter strike length and all these bits of data were and that's the frustrating thing i think if he came out and said look i'm really sorry i realized i'd bitten off more than i could chew i was injured i knew how much money this was going to raise for charity i'm so passionate about it and i got carried away with the attempts and just thought actually it's better we'll raise more you know even though cheating's wrong I got carried away of it and thought of the children and so I apologise I, I realise it is now wrong I did it for the right reasons but I did the wrong thing I think people would be like fair enough you're obviously a, a muppet and a lot of people would forgive him but the fact he's still denying it even now and the number of times they've looked at because something what you've got to remember as soon as something's on the internet people have time to there's there's someone out there who's not working yeah. or there's someone out there yeah. who's bored and they've gone in and they've actually looked at the videos of him and they then matched the videos and looked at where it could be on the course looked at the shops in the background and then mapped the videos to the strava and said look the strava while you're doing this section it's clearly not you doing that pace because that's you recording. And all the videos of him, of him walking, um, everything is him walking. And it really makes you question how much else is right. So he, he released a statement on his Facebook page. And interestingly enough, so there's, there's one race director on there who is, he's come out saying, look, I'm innocent. I realize the report doesn't look good, but I don't understand why there were data issues and uh, but I'm innocent and all this and a lot of people are still coming out saying ignore the people you know we know you're right and there was this wonder race director I don't know his name because he's been removed from the posts right so from the marathon man UK post it's quite interesting to watch uh, to go to go back and read now so I'll bring it up because on the the post there's a discussion beneath but he's clearly edited out a lot of comments so he's been keeping in all the positive comments yeah. and anyone else has been deleted. And so the threads don't make any sense because people are replying to their own sen- sentences. We can see that someone else has clearly been um, commenting but removed. But his exact statement was, I understand Skin's decision to focus their attention elsewhere moving forward. Whilst not necessarily agreeing entirely with the findings, findings i respect the conclusions of the investigators and the process undertaken i left the uk intent on giving everything i had to break the race across usa record and hopefully some of the images pasted throughout showed the torture i put my body through whilst running to break the record blah 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 blah. um i admittedly made mistakes with the data management and recordings but never did i cheat which is crazy because there's no there's no way of in of interpreting the data other than cheating yeah and uh and interestingly enough as well someone then mentioned that there was this one guy who kept on commenting saying that um oh no all these people are just trolls um and this person said out of interest does anyone know who this person is called phil turner because he's not he's not linked to anyone in the running community and he's always defending whatever rob says Oh no, so, this isn't getting worse, is it? So I've gone, I've gone on, I've looked at Phil Turner's Facebook account. 
Now, he doesn't have any friends in common with anyone I know in the running community, which is incredibly rare. Um, if I look down the threads, every single person um, that I look at, I've got someone I know in common with in the running community. So he's got no one in common with me, which is which is weird. It might be he's hidden that though. But he works in the NHS and he studied at LSE. Now I've been on LinkedIn. Oh he doesn't God. exist. He doesn't exist on LinkedIn, which people might not exist on LinkedIn, but it's pretty rare. He has no photos at all other than one photo from afar and you cannot see who that person is. Um, and it's a woman and the back of a woman. So it's really, really weird. And I am pretty convinced and that there's not even a background shot for the, you know, you have your profile picture and the second one. So I'm pretty convinced that this is probably him just going on there to try and back up and pad up his story. Well, it, yeah, I mean, the thing is, it could be, you know, they, you've, I mean, I imagine that there are some PR companies that, that do something similar to that to help That's true, bolster, actually. you know, it's, it, it might not, you know, it might not be, I, I just think there's a danger, isn't there, that, like, he's been, he's been found out, and, yeah. okay, he, I mean, he clearly is a cheat, but I think Skins maybe are doing the right thing, because he obviously has some issues. Yeah. He has some, like, unresolved issues, and, you know, to be outed is bad enough, and it you know hopefully it's gonna you know everyone knows that it's um, he's clearly not done what he said he'd done, and he's lost all credibility and stuff like that. But I mean, as a sponsor, what you know you don't want to be responsible for him like committing suicide or, or something like that because of that. So it's a really tricky. It's like do you, you know do you like, carry on the witch hunt or is it been laid to rest now? Because I don't think you know he's lost all credibility within all running circles. Um, well, he has and he hasn't. I think. It, it's, it seems as if a lot of people who, when they meet him, um, well, people who've run with him seem to just um, just deny all the facts and say, I've run with him, he ran, I saw him run this marathon with me, therefore he must be amazing. But there's that, there's that whole like conf, is it confirmation bias that there's some yeah. people who you're just never going to convince that they cheat. They, you know, I've seen it myself. I, yeah. you know, I've done it. That you're never going to convince them. You're gonna, you can use facts and everything, and it's just they, yeah. they're so they've made a decision. They've tethered their opinion to them, and they've tethered their, you know, and they've obviously so, they've told people, oh, I've done this with you, know, this person stuff, and they, they'll look stupid if they turn around yeah. and do it. So it's gonna, it's and gonna also, be difficult. If you've been inspired by someone, and you've been yeah. someone. It's Abs really hurtful. It oh, really yeah, hurts. absolutely. It's like you know, if you told me that Arnie was flawed in any way, no, I'd be, no I'd be, <laughs> I'd be destroyed. But you know, it's true. It's true. It, like, if I ever found out that you cheated through aggressive cornering or something like that, all respect for you would just crumble away. Or if you just pushed on in a race, even though you weren't, you know, fully permitted to allow to do it, and then place illegally in twentieth when you hadn't actually earned that that right. I mean, but you, I mean. That's why. That's why. That's why you never research these things because you, you don't want to bring down your idols. Exactly. Do you? I don't. I can't bring. I don't want to bring down the podcast. <laughs> you want to bring down the podcast? Yeah, I don't know. Not, not when we're powering on to episode 150. But how, the, the interesting how, thing is, the, during the during this article that I was, uh, there's quite a few articles about it. It then refers to these other two cases where armchair sleuths have outed someone. And there's, one. A few, there's a few armchair sleuths in well, not armchair sleuths, but there are a few sleuths within the do badders, isn't there? I yeah. mean, a few of them have con actually contributed to the report. Yeah, 
actually, that's right, isn't it? I think Anne yeah. is mentioned. Yeah, she specifically, um, in an email or something, specifically pointed out certain situations where there was, like, incongruency. In fact, yes, yeah, so um, Josh... Josh, who's, I mean, he's in the bad books, but he's hes redeeming himself uh, already. No, so, no, 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 he did this before. He did he's this before, this before okay. And then he's lost it, so he's still in the bad books. So do you think he was almost trying to get yeah, up Yeah, exactly, uh, I know. Yeah. Brownie points, knowing what was coming. Exactly. And because he so, was trying to do that, because he was trying to suck up, he loses even more points. <laughs> so he'd, he'd, he'd noticed that Anne, Anne Garish, uh, Garnish had been mentioned the official report and she'd questioned about the Thames Meander Marathon in August 2014. She'd specifically said, I've got a question about this athlete. So I think he must have been under suspicion at that stage already. It says, the results on your website show a finish time of 3.11. However, the official results show a time of 3.56. Please could you advise whether a request was made for the result for this athlete to be corrected after the results were submitted? So this is for Power of 10. And Power of 10 is the official website of UK Athletics where it collates all of the official sanctioned UK Athletics race times. And they just said, not sure why it was changed, but we've had to had a check and have amended to match the official results so he's well someone has clearly changed the time of that and that's that's the interesting thing changing it from 356 to 311 because what's the point what does it matter if you're someone running a marathon every day of the year who cares what time you're doing it and that's not the important it's the fact you're doing it every day so it, it just questions his mentality if he go to the length of actually docking a random marathon to improve the time on you and but that suggests because i think his official time on there is three in fact that might have been his official that might be his fastest official recorded time so maybe he's never done a 311 marathon or wow that's really interesting there's a um have you ever seen a documentary called deep water it's a um it's not related to running this is this is related Mm. to um the round the world yacht race and um it was about a guy who uh he was racing did the round the world yacht around the world yacht race and he sold everything um and he was like an amateur sailor and he was going to take this rings a bell he's going to take everyone on yeah and basically he started the race and it was a real sort of you know he threw everything in he said he was going to do it and he was like woefully unprepared woefully there was no chance he was ever going to win and what he basically did is they got like out into the Atlantic and stuff and it became clear that he couldn't he couldn't do it yeah and so what he did he like sailed to like Brazil or something and basically what he would do is wait till everyone else has come around the world and then when they're coming back up to back up the Atlantic, he'd sail in behind them, you know, finish the race um, well behind. They wouldn't question anything because, you know, he didn't win it, he didn't place in anything. Because don't you also radio in your location each day? I'm not they, sure. I'm not sure I, what... No, I, I think I remember that, that you radio in your location each day and that's where they know where you are. But that's just based on what you say. Just based on what you say, absolutely. There's no way, yeah. yeah there's no way to do it. And so, basically, he waited in like uh, like Brazil or wherever around there, and until the other boats sort of came past, and you know they were recording and stuff like that. And then you know he went to follow him. Problem is that the two, like most people, had dropped out, and the couple of boats that came in before before him dropped before he came back to land. So he was oh, going to really? win it. Oh God! And then, like, might just like miles out from like the uk or whatever he just turned back around because he just he couldn't he couldn't come in to win because he knew he'd be found out yeah and he just he disappeared and it was one of those things that when you were talking about this it's like you know when you go so far down a route and then you just don't know what to do next yeah and 
it's just it's like it's just like desperately sad that he, you know even like his best achievements on you know on this race or, you know on this on this whole thing everything's called into question it's like nothing nothing is real at all it's just well, it's just so sad it's like what what situation must you feel what pressure must you feel that you're under or what you think you're gaining from it for it to be so strong that you'll go get so far or you know, or you know, to some extent enabled because people aren't checking up on you properly. I mean, there was well, a lot yeah. of they, they, this could have been nipped in the bud if you know people had done proper like checks and balances much yeah. earlier on in the process. But people, I think, you know, you said to get carried along with it. It's good to get carried along with a story, and if you're getting carried along with the story, you know, and like again, all credit to to Skins for for actually, you know, they've come out of it looking probably as good as they can do. But again, questions what, what, could have been asked much earlier on. What's really interesting though is they, they there was a skins intern with him the whole time, and his biographer was with him the whole time. I've heard all the stuff about his biographer. Didn't someone say his biographer was like a childhood friend and yeah, that's or, right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and so it's interesting to know. Well, there's there's no way that you could be involved and not know the full truth. So that's that's the really interesting part is that the person working for skins. Who was a, an intern, poor bloke. I can imagine being an intern at a company and you're suddenly put on this really cool job. You think, this is great. Get to travel across America, involved in this massive marketing for skins and a really cool world record. And then you're like, oh, shit, he's cheating. Oh, fuck. Um, oh, if you're an intern as well. I mean, that's like the worst, yeah, yeah. The worst position. Like, I could, I, if, if I take this to my superiors and say, oh, basically, that entire thing that we're hanging everything off is, uh, yeah. is absolute, you know, it's rubbish. Yeah. And you're like, am I going to lose my job? This is, all, this is all allegedly, by the way. We have no idea that this actually happened, but this is just surmising from... Well, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying allegedly. I'm saying the guy that, well, either somehow every time that Rob Young was running, um, wasn't running, and that the 66 times, either the intern happened to at no point in those 66 times, some of which were up to 60 miles, ever look, you know, ever look in the van he was in and go, <laughs> oh, Rob, you're still here. It, so, it just might, it might, it might not have been a run. It might have been a cyclist. All this sort of cheating might have been normal to him. If he was a cyclist, that's what we don't yeah, know. If he was a cyclist, probably... he would go, well, you know, actually using, actually using, you know, human body in order to move along a road. That's, you know, we're used to using a mechanical cheating machine, so it might as well be a motorized one. Maybe the, maybe the, uh, the intern didn't quite understand what the term aggressive cornering means. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe that's why. It's very fluid. You know, cheating is a very fluid thing with with cyclists and it, you know, we, we can't confirm whether the, the, the intern was a cyclist or not so that might explain a lot but i'll bring up next week or next time because we, we've got a really really good uh, guest next week but next time we're we're talking about general chit chat from this case it's then shone the light on this other case that's happened in the past that is amazing where you hear this record and then you someone questions one small thing about it and then they become an armchair detective, and piece by piece, just un- it all unravels. It's amazing. It's amazing. So we'll discuss that maybe next week or the week after. Oh, that's a little bit of yeah. a cliffhanger. Are we trying to? Yeah. Are we trying to, are we trying to add a little bit of drama into this now. Well, just because I I need to. I haven't got the full details in front of me, and I want to. Oh, that, tell the story that hasn't well. stopped us in the past. 
That is true. But I, I want to I want to do the story justice because it is is brilliant. This guy has got proper ambition in what he's setting out to achieve, and it's it's probably similar to the case of this one with, with Scott Young, where Rob he Young. Just, sorry, Rob Young. <laughs> Not Scott Young. Um, Rob Young, where he he just didn't think that anyone ever checked anything, and was so used to it's it's that case of well they didn't get, they didn't check anything, and that's the thing. It was yeah. it was it was quite right in his assumption that people didn't really check stuff. Yeah, and and so he, he just got so used to getting away with lies that it probably didn't occur to him that this was quite a bad thing to be doing, and um, and that you would get caught. But um, another 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 catch up is we've uh, we posted a lovely lovely real buzz uh, top 10 again obviously real buzz the worst email slash website uh, there is for any kind of running or nutrition device i think we can say that legally fact, that fact. <laughs> so one of the statements they said is um is 10 signs you're a running addict. In fact, we're going to save it to the next episode because we're running over. Yeah. But we're also going to be we're going to be posting some more real buzz ones. Um, I haven't decided yet. The last email they did, one of them was five shocking running facts. <laughs> so I think we could do a, a do better take on that. I can't remember the alternative, but there were two that I couldn't decide which one would be funnier. Um, and especially as they're, they're running facts aren't particularly factual <laughs> or about running well they're not that shocking so for example well that's um, clickbait for you yeah five shocking absolutely. running facts and there's probably only four four there's, mildly there's two interesting in there. i was like oh okay the other three are like well the other three we've discussed on this podcast just as a, a normal everyone knows us about running this is um, but anyway we'll get to that next week um so I think we're I think we're cutting short the extra extra chit chat because we've gone on already for quite some time in this but uh, this podcast but there's quite a lot to come up. Um, have we announced the goodness shakes winner yet? It's da, 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 Lee Stewart Evans. Whee! I think it was a clear winner as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I've, I think rightly so as well. Yeah, I think that was a, it. Was a, it was a good effort on his part. And so he gets a month's worth of goodness shakes. Is that being sorted? Uh, yeah, it will be. <laughs> they're probably. I'm. I'm. What I'm actually anticipating is that they've already sent it to you, and you thought those are just the freebies for you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you've already. You've already drunk through them all. Oh, that's what that oh, package was. That makes sense. Oh, they're not sponsoring us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So hopefully he'll be getting the delicious goodies. But um, while we're talking about Lee Stewart. We're both presenting at the Marathon de Sable Expo this weekend, and he's put a challenge out to the Dubada community of what we should try and smuggle into our speeches as a head-to-head to who can get away with the most stupidity in our speeches. Oh, it's just going to be good. So, it yeah, will so, be good. So we want some more suggestions on the um, on the Facebook group. So if you're not in the Facebook group, come to Facebook, type in Bad Boy Running Podcast and apply to join, and we will get you in there. I think my favourite so far is that um, I, I can't really suggest it. We'll, we'll mention his name next time, but um, it's just that instead of saying Morocco every time, I just say Libya. <laughs> and <laughs> imagine you'll do that anyway. <laughs> it's quite. It's highly likely. Yeah. If you've got any any other questions, send them in. Next week we hopefully are having one of the most exciting guests we've ever had. You. We asked a few months ago, several months ago, in fact who you'd like to get us to get on the 
uh, on the podcast and someone mentioned Rhonda Marie Avery as a proper do-badder. She's a blind ultra runner, which is incredible because I think I can imagine, well, I know blind people obviously run road marathons, but ultra running and the terrain, you've heard how much I complain about my ankles and I'm running with my eyes open. Um, So... I, I just don't know how she trains, don't know how she races, just just amazing. So she's going to be our guest next week. So any questions you've got for, for Rhonda Marie, post them in the Facebook group, send them into letters at badboyrunning.com or tweet us at badboyrunningron and we'll ask them to her. I mean, it's going to be a great interview anyway, but if there's anything specific you'd like to know about, let us know and we'll pass that question on. Brilliant. I think we're done, man. Well, uh, bye-bye, 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 bye-bye. See you next week, guys. See ya.